Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome in to the second episode of the Believe and Royals podcast. I'm Alex Hughes. There's Jeremy Danner. Jeremy, I made it to Kansas City. I was there for a whole day, and it was my first time at Kauffman Stadium. And what an incredible ballpark. Y'all are spoiled up there. I think we are. I think we forget how beautiful it is until you go to another stadium. And, and not to not to you know say bad things about other stadiums, but it's just such a beautiful park. It's so accessible. You can walk around. We have, uh, I mean, obviously we're there for baseball, but we have a great selection of food and beer. Did you eat anything while you were at the K? So I was told I had, I got um, a brisket sandwich that okay. was at the spot in right field, right yep. um, back of the fountains. And then I made my way down to the diamond club and I was told I had to get the pulled pork nachos. Yes. Those were, I've been told by many people that those are the best nachos I'll ever have. And they were pretty damn good. So I loved them. Um, the food, best ballpark food I've had in forever. Did you get it in the helmet? No. So they didn't have the helmet okay. one. So the, I, I hear that the helmet ones are better somehow. They're massive, dude. Uh, my wife and I can split one of those and, be, and still have more food. Yeah. yeah. It's just like this pile of stuff in the helmet. It's so good. Yeah, I want to go back for a longer time this season. And so, I mean, I didn't get the chance to go to the Hall of Fame. Right. That was one that I was told I had to get in, but I just ran out of time. Um, so I want to get to the Hall of Fame there um, at Royals, uh, at Coffin Stadium. And I, I got to get the nachos and the helmet now. And we blew it because we didn't meet up. We didn't get I know. a chance to talk to each other in person. Yeah, we blew so you have to come back. So yeah. I, know I have to go back. I can't believe that we were there at the same game too. We were both at the game too. And yeah. we, it, we just, yeah. Next time though, we'll go to the game together. So that yes. is impossible. Right, right. Not happen. Have to um, have some beers on the lot. Got to get yeah. the helmet nachos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so other than that, like what an exciting game. The Angels seem legit, I got to say. Um, Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. I think the Angels, if Otani can keep playing the way he has, uh, Dan, I know this is not an Angels podcast. Sure. But man, I think the Angels have two of the best players in all of baseball between Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. He's impressive. I heard somebody talking about, like, they, they were joking they're going to ask Mike Trout what it's like to be the second best player on the Angels. I, what, I, what I was so impressed with in watching him play, and he's, he's just that guy who's good at everything. But he, um, he un, like, uncorks himself and turns on the ball so fast. It's just incredible. for a bit. Like, he's 6'4". Yeah. I'm 6'3", so he'm bigger than I am. He's obviously in better shape. I'm 5'4". Um, but, but oh, really, but the way he turns on the ball is nuts, dude. He yeah. just gets around so fast. Yeah. Well, what was so impressive to me, this was the first time I think I've seen the Angels in person. So this is the first time I saw Mike Trout in person. I think I'm sure I've seen Mike Trout before. I can't remember. Uh, but Otani, this was my first time I saw him play and in person, that is. And the first at-bat uh, against Keller mm -hmm. was incredible. Um, very drawn out. I think he brought it up to two, and then Keller got him swinging. But what an at-bat by Otani, and he can really challenge a pitcher. Right. When you, you bring up Keller, I, I had in my notes to talk about how great he was that game. Mm -hmm. I think in, in, the, in the night before and then that game, Mike Trout struck out seven times. Is that right? Yes. And then Brad Keller struck uh, struck Mike Trout out in the third with the bases loaded, two out. Or no, bases loaded, one out. And then he struck out Jared Walsh right after that. 
with the bases loaded. Uh, so it's like we found a way to neutralize Mike Trout at the K. It's insane. So you mentioned, I mean, what a great point about Keller. And what I want to know about that game, and we won't do like game recaps, but because you and I were both there and it was pretty recent, it being just two days ago now, I'm surprised they threw to Santana in that at bat. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I mean, surprised about that. It's it's weird. You have to wonder. I know it's so early in the season. Years ago, my, my wife was a, a server at a restaurant on the plaza. And this was when Zach Grinke was playing for the Royals. And she would ask visiting teams like, hey, how do you feel about, you know, hitting against Zach Grinke? And they're like, eh, we, we don't know a ton about him. And you have to wonder, like, how much scouting, and, and I know scouting's changed so much. And with, with all the video and everything that they have now, they know more about players. But mm-hmm. do visiting teams know as much about the players as we think they do? Yeah, and I think there's so much. I think what's interesting is, like, in normal years, I think they have a better shot of, but it's tough to scout when you're only going off 60 games because if you go back and listen to the George Brett interview, that was episode one, so go listen to that one after this one. But like he said, he said throw the 60-game season out when looking at players because he thinks that if it was up to us or if it was up to scouts or whoever that you can't go based on their stats, just they, it's just different. Right. Like he would have said, he said it, like if he had to play in front of no fans, like his stats would not be as good. So where do you, where's that line? Right. Like Carlos Santana has had a phenomenal career. So it's mm-hmm. like, you look back at the 60 games, he struggled, but that was only 60 games. So I think right. it's going to be tough to see. Then do you lump it into 2019? Well, what if he had a phenomenal 2019? You know what I mean? So it's just really tough to gauge just who players are in this 2021 season. Well, even watching other teams' games, I, I found myself, like, forgetting that certain guys are on certain teams or that, you know, players have moved. Because I watched baseball last year, but I feel like I – I was invested in it because I was so excited it came back, but because I couldn't go to games, like there wasn't that connection and I didn't feel as invested as I do right now. Like I still played fantasy baseball and just kind of farted around on that, but it's almost yeah. like baseball's this new game again this year because we get to go to the games because there are fans and it, it feels like it matters more. And I don't want to take anything away from the Dodgers world series. Um, Cause like, if you win the world series, you won the world series. That's all that matters. But it feels like this year baseball matters again in a way that it didn't matter last year. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, what was kind of cool, so the last game I went to was, I believe it was in July of 2019. It was at Fenway Park. It was a Sunday night baseball game, I think. I think it was Sunday night baseball. It was the Red Sox-Dodgers. I forget who was on the mound for the Red Sox, but I know um, Rayu was on the mound for the Dodgers, and that was the year that he was up for a candidate for Cy Young. I don't think he won it. Uh, but that was one, like, at the All-Star break. It, this game was right near the All-Star break or after. I can't remember. But his ERA was, like, 190. Like, he was incredible. Um, but anyways, Andrew Benatendi's walkout or walk-up song is by Low Cash. I forget the name of it. But I'm a big country music guy. I know you are, too. So, mm-hmm. Low Cash, I love that song. Um, and first inning, when Benatendi gets off to the plate, he still has the same walk-up song from 2019. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool that he kept it and that even through the trade to Kansas City, he still kept the same walk-up song from two years ago. People always ask me what would my walk-up song be, and I, I don't know because it'd be, it'd be hard to pick out those few seconds. But, like, I'm sure there's something that goes in it for those guys picking it. Or, or maybe as baseball dorks, we want to overanalyze it. And they're like, oh, I just heard it one day and thought it was cool. 
Yeah. Like, we want to apply meaning to everything. Mm-hmm. Man, like I want to get Ben Atenian just to talk about his walkouts, walk-up song. Um, right. So you can work that out because I love that song. So, Andrew Benatendi, if you're listening to this podcast, we want to have you on. We won't talk baseball. We won't talk baseball. We just want to talk about your music tastes uh, yes. and your walk-up song. So, uh, yeah, hit us up. Um, we should tweet DM him. <laughs> what was that? I said we should tweet him. My, my DMs are open as well for better yeah. or for worse. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Benatendi, let us know. We want to talk about your walk-up song. Um, that's my main uh, questions. Uh, really tough questions coming at you. It's going to be a hard interview to do. So let us know if you're interested. Um, but other than that, I mean, how many ballparks have you been to? Um, current, I've probably been to five or six current ones. Okay. I went to, went to the Astrodome as a kid. Okay. And that was that was really cool. I think I was in like second or third grade, and we got a really cool stadium tour. We got to run on the field on the on the turf. Um, I was really disgusted at how large the um, the tobacco spit puddles mm. were. Like the field was just stained. And then I slammed it into the wall, and that's when I learned the wall is not as soft as it looks on TV. The wall looks a little forgiving, but it's not. Yeah. Those those uh, pads are there to prevent you from crashing into the wall itself, but they are not. It's it's not jumping into a bed. Yeah. So out of all the parks you've been to, including the Astrodome, like where would you rank Kaufman? I mean, I'm, I'm going to say top, no matter what. Um, but objectively, what I like about Kaufman uh, compared to some stadiums is if you have a ticket for the upper deck, you can walk around anywhere. There are some stadiums that only allow you to go to certain spots. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like Kaufman a lot. I know I'll probably get, I'll get some, uh, some flack for this, but I think Bush Stadium in St. Louis is beautiful. I mean, it's, it's massive though. It's, it's almost to me, it seems way too big because there are spots you feel like I'm really, really far away from the game right now. Um, I got to see a game in Seattle uh, back in 2019 and that was great. I did not eat the, you're supposed to eat dried crickets while you're there. That's apparently the, uh, the concession item that you just have, but I, I didn't have that. I just had a lot of beer. Yeah. Um, I've been to Fenway and Wrigley and those two are in its own category. Like, I need to, yeah, I've not been to those. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like when people start saying, well, like, like let's say I say Coffin's the best, and then they're like, but what about Wrigley and Fenway? Like, Wrigley and Fenway are, like, in their own category. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think you got to separate them. So it's like for, like, new era ballparks, I guess. I mean, Coffin's not new, but right. it's not Wrigley or Fenway or old Yankee Stadium, right? Like, right. it's a different category. Um, so I think – in new terms, I think it's definitely one of the best. Very underrated. Uh, Cameron Yards is very nice. Yankee Stadium's Yankee Stadium. Sure. Uh, so City Field, very underrated. Um, I haven't been really on any uh, West Coast uh, ballparks. I want to get out there this summer at some point to see some games. I haven't been to any Texas ballparks yet. Um, so I think I'm going to Minute Maid um, in a few weeks. So I – I can test that, but like, I think it's also interesting too, like indoor ballparks, like not really a huge fan. I feel like baseball is an outdoor game. And I, and I know that like football fans will say, Oh, but you don't play in the rain and all these other things. Um, yeah. Um, I, I should have mentioned Dodger stadium. I got to go to Dodger stadium back in yeah. like 2016 maybe. And uh, I got to see Kershaw pitch that night. They, pl- oh, they played the Cardinals. I happened to be out there for a work event. Uh, that was ending like 20 minutes away from the stadium right before the game started. And I said, can we please go to the game? 
we bought tickets in the bleachers and they weren't, I think they're like 25 bucks each. It wasn't expensive. Had an amazing time, man. I got to see Kershaw do the whole, I, just, I was like, can we go up close and watch Kershaw pitch? I got to see it, man. And I just want to see him do that stretch up. It was amazing. Yeah. Like Dodger stadium is one I want to get to so bad. Um, and they made some new upgrades, I think, to the center field. I believe they just did it. I don't know. I haven't watched a ton of Dodgers games this year yet. That's, that's usually the team I watch late at night after Royals games in because I have the package. I, I can watch those guys where I watch West Coast games a lot, but that, that's usually the NL team I'm watching the most. Yeah, it's either them or the Giants. I got to get to Oracle. Is it still Oracle or is it at and I don't know. I, I have trouble watching the Giants because of 2014. It's still... It's too fresh, man. It's too fresh. You know, like well, what about they? They did you? Were you at the game last night, or were you watching it on TV? Uh, I was at home last night. Yeah. So they played the replay um, on Valley Sports for Kansas City. They played the replay of, oh my gosh, uh, oh, it was the Joe Panic dive up the middle. Yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah. Yeah. Every time Joe Buck comes to Kaufman when he's calling a game, he'll always bring up the World Series, and we're like, Joe, could you not please? Or they'll, they'll always bring up uh, Bumgarner. And it, like, I still can't watch Bumgarner pitch, man. He's the boogeyman. I, can, I still remember them showing uh, the, the Giants bullpen with nobody up when he's just mowing through us. And I, it's just hard to watch him pitch, man. I can't do it. Yeah. It's almost like <laughs> you were like a Yankee fan growing up, like David Ortiz, right? It's the same thing. Right. Oh, my gosh. PTSD. Um, so. well, I'm, sure, I'm sure Yankees fans that are you know, a little bit older probably hate George Brett in the same way that he hates the Yankees. That guy hates the Yankees still. It's amazing. You got to get him back on and talk about his hatred for the Yankees. Just get him fired up and, and going about it. I'd love that, man. Yeah, we got to do it. Um, but other than that, like this Royals team is so fun to watch. Um, I know we talked touch on a little bit, but I want to know, Nicky Lopez has looked – I was just going to bring Nicky up, yeah. Has looked fantastic at short. Oh, Yeah. And then he's, he's hitting the ball well, too. He had an RBI triple last night. Yeah. I mean, everybody was hitting the ball to the left. But, yeah, he's, he's been looking really good. Um, I saw an interview with him uh, that they put on the Royals Facebook page where he was talking about what he wanted to do when he came up to the big leagues. And he said, I want to do whatever I can to help the team win. And that's what he's been doing this week. In, in the situations where he needs to put the ball in play, he's done that. Or where he has a chance to get an extra base hit and stretch it out, he's done that, too. I kind of thought he might – try to score uh, on that triple to left last night. I'm like, man, he might go, but I'm, I'm glad they didn't. You know, you always, you always want him to go, but then you realize, man, these are major league baseball players. They throw the ball 300 feet all the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's been so much fun to watch this week. Yeah. Um, he made a great play and I tweeted his new nickname for me when in the field, it's sneaky Nicky. Um, so that's my new nickname for him when he makes a star sort of play at short, but he's looked great. I mean, he's filled in like, Obviously, you can feel that Montessi needs to be back on this team as soon mm-hmm. as you can. You can feel that presence is missing. But also, so I want to talk about Salvador Perez for a second, too, while we're yep. talking about players. Because you could tell, like, there was some heat, right? You could. There's always two sides. When a team re-signs a player, when they're like, they overpaid for them, blah, blah, blah. But let me put on the record, right? Salvador Perez is a player that is a once in a lifetime generational player, right? Like Salvador Perez is the Kansas City Royals. Like he's a heart of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really do think that you saw, I mean, man, um, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but for what the Royals paid for, 
Um, I, I think they underpaid for him, you know, in a way, because I, I think he just means so much to the team, and you just saw just how great he was and what he can bring to the table in this series against the Angels. What I've noticed about him is, you know, I, I think last year and the year before, the criticism was um, he's going he's gonna to go – uh, he's going to go too far outside and swing at pitches that he shouldn't swing at, especially in a, in a pitcher's count. Like, oh man, here comes something low and outside. It's something breaking, something off speed. He's laying off that this week and he's making them pitch to him. And that's been fun to watch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the dude, there, there are times in some of those counts where you felt like maybe he looked lost or didn't see the pitch or didn't have a plan. But I, this week he looked fantastic in all those situations. Yeah. And then the use by the bullpen has been great. Um, Stamount has looked incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge fan of him and, and what he can bring to the table, especially when they use him in leverage. I think that's yeah. an interesting point. Um, they've been kind of easy with him, right? Like bringing him in with uh, no runners on, uh, like a clean inning. But they have tested him a few games where they bring him in out of the bullpen with a few runners on, and so far it's worked okay. Yeah, I was reading, uh, I think it was Alec Lewis from The Athletic talking about the way Mike Matheny is using the bullpen this year is it's not necessarily there aren't, you know, six inning guys or seventh inning guys. There are guys that make sense for that situation. And that's been fun to watch these guys come in at different times because in the past, you're like, okay, well, I mean, back in, you know, 2014, 2015, you had Herrera Davis Holland. Those are the guys that are coming out of the bullpen. And I think we got used to that. And it's interesting to see a guy not take that rigid approach with his bullpen. Mm-hmm. Especially because that's like, What's so interesting about the Royals in all the years, right? Like, you think back to 2014 and 2015, the two best Royals teams that we've seen in many years, right? But, like, the biggest point of that, those two teams were the bullpen. Like, they were kind mm-hmm. of the first teams in baseball, right, that utilized their bullpen, and then every team kind of copied that. And then the Rays were the team that brought in the bullpen in effect. And now other teams are starting that, like spot starts. Like, yeah. 10 years ago? there wasn't really a lot of spot starts or, right. or openers, right? Like that was kind of the raise and the bullpen use. I think Kansas city kind of created like, Oh, wait a second. Like Kansas City had a strong bullpen and that made him win a world series. Yeah. Let's do this way. It doesn't work yeah. for every team, right? The Yankees have had a very strong bullpen throughout the years. They've had Andrew Miller down the Tanches and Chapman at one point in time at the peak of their careers. But still, I think um, overall it works in their favor, but now this Royals team, right? Like, like you said, where there isn't a ninth inning guy or there isn't an eighth inning guy. It's who's available that night and what makes sense in this situation. And so far it's worked in the Royals favor. It's one of those things that it makes so much sense when you like looking at it from the other side. Yeah. Back in, back in the day where we had rare Davis Holland, we knew the game was six innings. And if the other team didn't score before those six innings were up, they're not going to score because those guys are going to shut it down. But then you realize like how arbitrary it is based on the passage of time. Like, oh, well, there have been 18 outs. Now it's time for this guy to pitch. It doesn't make as much sense as we thought it did. So it's been, it's been cool to watch that and sort of see um, Matheny really play with that. And then I think, and again, I've said it before, not to say the last season didn't count, but I'm so excited to see what happens this year um, with a full season with this team that we have, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I get into arguments with my friends all the time. They're like, Kansas City's not going to make the playoffs. I'm like, I really do think that they can. And I know, like, this is not a biased Royals podcast, right? Like, uh, we'll we'll both admit, you know, that we really like this team. But, man, I really do think that this team has what it takes to make it to 
be a wild card team. You know, I think they do. I mean, I'm going to say a phrase we haven't said yet in this episode, and that's the Royals are in first place right now. We're up, we're up by half a game, but we're in first place right now. We're the second best record in the AL. Um, we're the only team in the AL that hasn't lost a series. The Dodgers being the only team in the NL that has it. But our division's super tight. Everybody's within a game, game and a half of each other. So, I mean, it's, it's early, but man, I feel good. I still feel good after this week. So which team in the Central do you think the Royals have to be most worried about? I mean, I think if the White Sox can get back on track, um, I'm surprised to see the Twins as low as they are right now. I mean, but, but right, like we're all so close together and somebody has to be in last place right now in the same way that somebody has to be in first. But um, I, I was most scared of, of the White Sox lineup and just knowing perennially like here lately, those guys have just beaten us. And it's been, they, they play us hard. There's still bad blood. Um, you know, Brad Keller got booed on opening day in Chicago. Um, Chicago fans remember everything. Um, I, I, I wore a Salvador Perez jersey to a game and a guy yelled at me the whole game. And I'm like, finally at the end of the game, I, I stood up and he goes, you're going to strike out, bro. And I finally stood up. I said, I'm not playing this game, man. I'm here trying to enjoy, you know, the game with my friends. So they're, they're passionate fans. So for me, like, that's a tough team to play, especially there. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't been to that stadium um, or ballpark. I keep saying stadium. Like, Alex, it's not a stadium. It's a ballpark. It's a ballpark, yeah. Yeah. No, is Yankees Stadium a ballpark? I, I mean, is Kauffman Stadium a ballpark? There we go. Oh, uh, yeah. We shouldn't have done this to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're contradicting yourself by saying it's, well, the name is a stadium, but it's a ballpark. You know what I mean? Right. Or is baseball a sport or is it a game? You know, hmm. it's tricky. We got deep, dude, real deep. So, okay, I'll, I'll bite. So do people think it's, I mean, can the game itself be a sport? I think so. I mean, like I talk about baseball being a game and obviously each individual meeting is a game. Um, but yeah, I, th I think baseball is both, right? It's a game and a sport. Mm -hmm. like okay, bowling is a sport you're talking about it like major league baseball that's a sport but like right. like teams and like actual games and it's a game it's a baseball yeah it's not, basic, oh. not a baseball sport sure oh man things got existential who knew yeah so i think that's how it is i think like major league baseball at, at a whole that's when it gets to a sport but like sure. baseball itself like a royals Blue Jays, it's a game, right? Yeah. It's a baseball game, not a baseball sport. I mean, looking back when I was, you know, a little kid, like I feel like the 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 backyard or side yard home run derbies that I had with my friends mattered just as much as the World Series does now. Absolutely. And, and that that's what's cool about it is like in your mind playing baseball as a kid, playing this game in your backyard with um with not great equipment or stuff you found, like that to me, that's what's cool and accessible about baseball is that it's so much easier to play. You don't have to have all the equipment. You don't need a field marked out. You don't need goalposts. You know, you say, hey, if you hit it over that shed, it's a homer. Mm -hmm. And if you hit it there, it's a double. Mm -hmm. You know, my favorite thing about baseball and what makes me love it so much is there's now 26 guys, right? And every single 26 guys has a different story, has a mm -hmm. different culture, has a different race, you know, but they all come together and to play baseball. 
I think that's what's so special about the game, right? To where everything else, any disagreement, anything else, that goes away. And they all work together to ultimately win and to become a family. And baseball, uh, you know, you hear it all the time, like baseball is a family sport at the end of the day. Um, and I think that's what's so special about this game of baseball. Um, so I think that kind of speaks to the – you can say it's also other, other games and other sports too, but baseball is just different when it, it comes It's different, to- yeah. It's just – it's special. Um, did, we, did we talk about uh, Brad Keller being on – he was on 610 Sports, and they asked him about – uh, love in the clubhouse. And it's something that Mike Matheny talked about. Did we talk about that in episode one at all? No. About these guys loving each other. It was a great interview that he gave. And they asked him, um, has, has Mike Matheny, as your manager ever awkwardly told you he loved you? And Brad immediately replied, there wasn't anything awkward about it. And I was like, man, that's such a great response. Um, and it, it is really those guys coming together. And it's something that George said in the first episode about like these guys love each other. And you see that on the field, you see that on the team. You see that when guys pick each other up and, and the cheering and it's, it's something that it's reminding me a lot of what we saw in, you know, started to see in 2013 and then definitely 2014, 2015. And some guys left in 2016 and we still had some guys around, but um, yeah, you're seeing these guys operating as a, as a family unit on the field and not just a collection of dudes playing a sport. Mm-hmm. But man, uh, two weeks into the podcast and we've had some great things to talk about, right? Like episode one, we had, Hall of Famer George Brett on, and then uh, this one, the Royals are in first place. You said it. Um, so I'm using your words here, and they, they will continue on against the Blue Jays um, this weekend. And then I forget who they play next. I, oh, it's the Rays, right, Tampa? Yeah. Yeah, Rays coming to town. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to go out and welcome Brett Phillips back to Kansas City. He's a good dude. He's, he's a guy that baseball needs. Yeah, uh, definitely an exciting player. Baseball family too, right? Um, baseball guy. And uh, yeah, Brett Phillips is, he's good people. Um, so yeah, so for episode two, anything else you want to know? Anything else we missed? Good, dude. I think we got it all. We got deep. We talked about first place. We talked about Brad Keller. We talked about the offense coming alive. I'm excited to see what Nikki Lopez continues to do. I'm not going out tonight, but I'm going out uh, tomorrow afternoon with my son. We're going to go check, uh, catch the afternoon game. I'm excited to be out there. Who's on the mound? Do you know? I don't remember. I, I, I had it. Um, no, it's Singer. Singer's tomorrow. That's right. So I'm excited to see him pitch. I like him. You know who I love on this team is Andrew Benatendi. So, Andrew, yeah. if you are listening, uh, DM, DM us. We want to have you on and talk about your walk-up. Uh, that's, that's our main interview topic. So if you're listening, I know you are, you're a big fan of <laughs> Leaving Royals podcast. Uh, just hit us up. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.